Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Conversations with Oscar Combs, episode 24, features Dave Hopewell. Dave Hopewell played center for the Cats in the late 70s under coach Fran Kersey. Originally from Talladega, Alabama, the recruitment of Dave Hopewell to Kentucky proved that his roots run deep in the Bluegrass State. Oscar and Dave discuss his connections to Kentucky and how one former governor, a former senator, and a former commissioner of Major League Baseball had a hand in the recruitment of Dave Hopewell. But Kentucky wasn't his first stop, and we'll hear about that. Dave Hopewell was part of a magical run for Kentucky football during 1976 and 1977. But controversy surrounded the Wildcats, and we'll hear from Oscar and Dave on how that controversy was handled. Nonetheless, those two years of Kentucky football included back-to-back wins over Penn State and a bowl game, the 1976 Peach Bowl in Atlanta, which was the coldest sporting event Oscar Combs has ever been to. Oh yeah, there's a conversation between Art Steele and Prince Charles at the Georgia game that year. You're going to find that pretty amusing. And we'll get Dave's thoughts on his former teammates and coaches. I'm Bo Robinson, and you're going to like Dave Hopewell. You're going to like the insight he gives you on a special time for Kentucky football, and you're going to like the stories he has to share. It's been 40 years since the best Kentucky football team last took the field, and we'll celebrate those accomplishments with conversations with Oscar Combs and his guest, Dave Hopewell. Dave, it's got to be a a melancholy time, 40th anniversary of what most people will now say is the greatest season in their lifetime because you got to go back to 50 before you get anything close to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always proud to hear them um, bring that up. Uh, proud, happy, um, but it, it makes me sad that we hadn't done it since. You know, I'm one of these guys that I want to see us get year better year in, year out. I, you know, I, I remember when I came to Kentucky in 1975, um, that was the goal. We wanted to win a national championship. That's what we talked about. That's what us teammates talked about. And we knew that they were taking steps to get it done at that point, and we just wanted to see it get better. I, well, I, you know, thinking back to that time, it's sort of eerie, the similarities in that time and right now because that was a third year of Commonwealth Stadium. Mm-hmm. And being a kid from Alabama, I guess that was that was a big deal. Commonwealth Stadium has this new – 58,000-seat stadium, which was a newest. It was a newest stadium. Uh, Ole Miss had done some stuff down there and were making some improvements, but it was the newest stadium on the block at that time. Still wasn't the biggest, but it was it was one of the biggest. Um, how did an old southern gentleman from Alabama wind up up here, you know? Well, now, when you see a southern gentleman, you don't get to be that at 18 years old. <laughs> but I classify myself that now, though. <laughs> uh, let's go back a little bit in time. And uh, how does a redneck from Talladega, Alabama, now you change it around. Kentucky. Might have known you would change it around. Um, 
You know, uh, my dad was originally from Kentucky, from Providence, Western Kentucky, Webster County, the coal mine territories. Um, he had a, uh, uh, and as a matter of fact, my an Uncle Billy and an Aunt Gladys both graduated from the University of Kentucky. Uh, my uncle's name is on Memorial Coliseum as one of the casualties for World War II. Um, and uh, I'm still... We went by that to see when my aunt up here had told him, uh, told daddy that his name was over there. That was one of the things as a recruit when we came up the second time um, after I learned how, since, you know. So did you go in Memorial Coliseum and see the names? Yes, we sure did. We sure did. That was one of the intentional things. I mean, after they find a little bit about you. Mm Um, they they really did some homework and 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 uh, I, my my uncle that was killed in World War II um, he had married um, Dot Miller over in Versailles well she lived right next to Governor Chandler right next to him no tell me Happy Chandler played a role in this Happy, Happy Chandler was over at her house eating one night um, and. Uh, that was one of the things that, of course, she knew how much Happy followed UK football and UK sports and in general. And she just, in, in conversation, well, how's everything going? And he started talking about recruiting and he started talking about a Hopewell kid in Alabama. If they, well, Oscar, there's not too many Hopewell families in the state of Kentucky, let alone Alabama. So, uh, and she says, Are you talking about Joe Hopewell's son? And she just said, Happy stopped and looked at her eyeball to eyeball and said, Do you know him? She said, well, that was my former brother-in-law. He said, what? He said, get him on the phone. Get him on the <laughs> phone. Call him right now. Get him on the phone. So they did. And my dad talked to her and then talked to Governor Chandler, and I talked to Governor Chandler, and he just said, son, we, we need you. I just remember him telling daddy, son, we need you. And that's when we scheduled a, a, a second come. And dad, my, my daddy came with me at that point. And, uh, so, so. Happy Chandler and Kentucky basketball is responsible for getting a football player from Alabama. I didn't, to say, I didn't say anything about basketball. Well, but the, 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 name, the name was in Memorial Coliseum. The name was in And that's where I he had to go I to see say, it. I didn't say anything about basketball, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was another building on campus at the time, to this old Southern boy who was a football redneck. Um, and um, because, you know, Oscar, I'm going to be sincere. I, I, I did not know anything about Kentucky basketball. I'm not trying. Well, to, I'm that, not trying but, to play but, it down because I'm proud but, of what the, who they put me with. When yeah. I came here, who they put me with? They put me with a, a, my first roommate was a guy named Pat Foshi from who Minnesota. Played basketball. Played basketball. And Rick Roby and I worked out at Claiborne Horse Farm with Seth Hancock. Well, I don't think that would be that much different and in reverse sure. as to what it was in Alabama because that, that was football. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but now, but who else was in the running for you? I mean, who else recruited you? Who else did you visit? Um, I, of course, visited Alabama, Auburn, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, got uh, over at Georgia. Um, a lot of the little smaller schools naturally were, but they knew as, as uh, I had uh, one of my high school coaches there would, would, would say, you know, we, we know you're not going to one of these smaller schools, David, but would you please take a visit just for my resume? <laughs> Help that coach keep his job. <laughs> yeah. Would you please? Do? I said, sure, we'll do that. As a matter of fact, when we were, we were going to, at the time, Livingston State University, which is now West Alabama, uh, one of my high school coaches had, had played there and he wanted to go over there and we were listening to the Alabama Kentucky game uh, going over there. And uh, 
That's when Kentucky was leading 14 to nothing at half. Which would have been the opening 74. game, 73. 73, okay. 73. And uh, a, a return or kick return uh, for Alabama, return opening kickoff the second half, 100 yards. Exactly. And then the Willie ki- Shelby. <laughs> Willie Shelby. And then the kicker to it all was mm-hmm. is early in the fourth quarter, they went up 21 mm-hmm. to 14. Mm-hmm. And then the Bear Bryant pulled one of his. Famous deal. Kentucky was totally unaware, mm. and he pooch kicked the kickoff after a touchdown, and they went down and caught it. Mm. Kentucky didn't fair catch it. They marched down. The final score is twenty-eight to fourteen. Twenty-eight fourteen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think I may be wrong. That might have been uh, Bryant's last game at Kentucky. I think it was, but I do I know it was his first game in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was the. How in the or why at the end you chose Kentucky over Alabama or Auburn or any of the Southern well, schools you were sure, more Sure, with? Mal Moore was recruiting me at Alabama. Um, um, he was uh, what offensive coordinator and, and quarterbacks coach back then, I believe, and he was recruiting me there. And I never forget him stopping by and, and talking to Coach Tommy Limbaugh, whom you know very well, uh, my high school coach, and I, I love dearly to this day. Thank the world of him. He was stopped and. Uh, the way I recollect is uh, he had stopped and was talking to Tommy and said, "Hey, look, we've got a scholarship for David, but we we don't want, we don't want to offer it to him if he's not going to come. What's what's what would be his plan? Well, uh, I'm, I was an ag major, I was an ag major, um, just agriculture is the only thing I had, and that, those were the schools I was primarily interested in. Doug Barfield was in real trouble at Auburn at that point. Um, they haven't they hadn't heavily recruited me because I thought they. They thought I was going to come anyway. Why were you into ag? Because that was my background. We worked. Uh, I worked on a, a farm down in Alabama of, of some kind of friends farm? of um, the George Smellies, uh, William Smellies uh, uh, farm. We just um, they had cotton and corn and soybeans, and that's all I did. My brother kind of broke away from it and did some scouting for the Cooperative Extension Service and some other things. I stayed with the family. I stayed with the Smelly Farm, and and that's basically what I had done from from the time I was in junior high school, I guess they'd say at that point, and uh, delivered newspapers and uh, and worked on that farm. So it, uh, that was my background. At uh, Talladega High, he was a three-year letterman, two-year all-county, all-conference, all-state. Finished third in both the shot and the discus. (laughs) Never knew you was such a multi-sport athlete. You know, that was the only time that I ever went because the the coach was trying to pick up some points. I had never thrown the shot. I had never thrown the the, uh, disc, um, never done anything in track. And he said, you know, gosh, if we could just pick up a few points, it might help, you know. And I went one time. I went one time to a track meet and finished third in the county and all that good stuff. So it was kind of that, – that's kind of comical to, to reread some of that and see what I'd done. But maybe I'd gone to a couple other tracks. When he made me go to the county meet and made me run a leg in the uh, mile relay – <laughs> that did me in, buddy. That did me and I was like, oh, no. I said, Coach, you told me I wouldn't have to run. He said, well, we need somebody. We, you know, we need somebody. Okay. Well, we, thank goodness we were already so far behind when I took the baton. It didn't matter, but we did run it. So, Of course, you know that I have a couple pet frogs that I call on from 
time to time for my <laughs> expert analysis of sports. Now, I was getting up this morning and was talking with my wife and daughter, and they said, uh, who are you doing the podcast with today? And I said, oh, it's uh, Dave Hopewell from mm-hmm. Alabama. And all of a sudden, I heard some chirping coming up. Up come top of my two frogs. <laughs> they said, you know, you need to know something. You know, Dave Hopewell really wasn't going to play football because <laughs> Mama did not want him to play. <laughs> Can you true. fill me in on what they were talking about? <laughs> That's true. Um, Mama wasn't excited. I, I played baseball. I loved baseball. And uh, Coach Limbaugh always told there was four of us that probably could have gone either way at some point. And he said, uh, if you can go baseball or football, go baseball. Of course, he was an All-American catcher at Alabama, so he knew what he was talking about. But anyway, uh, I, I never forget uh, going out for my my brother had gone out for football without, uh, in Alabama. Most of the teams in the schools, every male was trying out for the football team, and most of them only had about 120 uniforms, so they'd try to run everybody else off. My brother determined he didn't want to. He'd had bad experience, and I think from his bad experience with it, mother just didn't think too much of me doing it either. Um, and uh, let me think. Um, my coach's uh, middle school coach, my, my uh, I heard that you had to call in a high school coach to sort of convince your mother it would. It was, yeah, that's okay. that's exactly right. But uh, I, I had I had played uh, what eighth grade spring football that year, and I thought, okay, that was a good experience. I, I was okay, but I said you know, I, I didn't want to do it. I really didn't. But I didn't have the heart. Skip Griffiths was his name. Skip Griffiths kept talking about the ninth grade team because back then you had ninth grade mm-hmm. teams. And he kept talking about how good we were going to be. Look at this offensive line. Look at this defensive line. Of course, we all went two ways. He said, we are going to be dominant this year in the district. We'll we'll be winning and be able to go all the way to the state and yada, yada. I didn't have the heart to tell Coach Skip Griffiths that I didn't want to play that next spring, that that next fall. So I wound up playing. And uh, Coach Limbaugh, as he came in, we we didn't play very well. If I remember right, that one of the first games my – Sophomore year, they they didn't play very good. There's a couple of big boys in front of me, um, and uh, next thing I know, they had uh, we had practice on Saturday morning <laughs> after a Friday night game, and I won a spot at, at uh, tackle and defensive end. So as a sophomore, I so uh, offensive defensive tackle, offensive tackle and defense defensive and defensive end. So you end. played both ways. Yeah, and Coach Limbaugh sent me up here as a defensive end. Now, I don't know if Coach Kersey, I, I really don't know if they planned on moving me to defense all along, but I came in as a defensive player, and then they moved me over to offense pretty quick. So I, Yeah, according to according, uh, some of the research here I did, it, you started out as a defensive tackle and they switched you over. Yeah, and, and I don't know, because they, they did that pretty quick. I don't know if they just said, okay, we'll get him up here like this, and then we'll move him. I really don't know, but it, it really worked out for the best, obviously, for, for me and for the team as a whole. When you announced you were coming to Kentucky, what was the recruiting like? Do you have press conferences or something no, just disappeared? Oh no, you just, uh, especially when you announced that you weren't going to go to one of the state schools. Did it even get in a local paper? Um, no. As a matter of fact, it did, it, 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 it did but in a little old bitty section. They took Probably it out. near the old bits. They, they, exactly. They took it way down. I, if I remember right, I got taken off of two, maybe three all-star teams, you know, from from it, or at least on the list, mm-hmm. um, all-state. And it just, 
once you once you left the state and went somewhere else, especially if they wanted you. And Mal Moore, I didn't finish that story a while ago. When when Mal was recruiting me, he said, "We got these. We got forty scholarships. Remember back then, they could sign forty players." He said, "We got one for David. Are you going to take it?" And I said, "Coach," I said, knowing facetiously, I said, "Do you have an ag school?" <laughs> well, David, you know we don't have an ag school. I said, well, gosh, Coach, I, if I'm going to beat my brains up against the wall for four years, I'd like to get a degree in something I want to, you know, major in. Did, did guys back then think about playing playing for pay on Sunday? Or was that just um, the ends to going into I, everyday job? I, I think a lot of them did, yeah. And I, I probably didn't think about it too much until I came up here and had a real good sophomore year. And uh, stayed, headed into my junior year, that's when I I thought, you know, this is a ticket. That's what's going to help make me out. And my real goal in coming up here, just like so many others, was to win a national championship. I mean, that's one thing that Coach Limbaugh did instill in, I think, in us, was hey, he came in talking to a little old bitty high school team that hadn't been to a state championship in, what, 25, 20 years, and he starts talking about, we're going to the state championship. So I, I wanted to win a national championship. That was the only goal that I'd ever heard Coach Bryant and Shug Jordan and all those folks talk was a, was a national championship. So I, you know, I, I wanted to do that. I really what, wanted what, to do that. What so, led you to think that you could do that at Kentucky at that time? They had not other than the new state. No, they had. No, they had. I, I just. I mean, uh, was uh, was Kersey that good of a sales pitch with it, along uh, with the high school? Yes. Yes. Yes to all of it. Um, had <laughs> I had committed to Mississippi State. Can I tell this little story here? Sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Huh. Um, I committed to Mississippi State. Um, and because Mississippi State came over, they were. They Who was were, a coach they, then? They were literally, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. Um, he was my high school coach. He was um, Sam McCorkle's. Um, high school football coach, and Sam was the all, little All-American at uh, Livingston State University who was my offensive line coach. Sam was here for a while. He was head coach at UT Martin. He was head coach at West Alabama and various and sundry places. But anyway, he was Sam's high school football coach at the time, and I can't remember who it was. But those Mississippi State coaches came and were on my doorstep and at the school almost daily. And they did have an ag department. Yeah, and they did have an ag department. Um, but I never forget on one rainy day, they, there was three of us they wanted to time. Well, of all people, uh, Fran Kersey knocked on the door one day, and I told Mama, well, we're sitting at the supper table, getting ready to sit down for supper. And uh, I said, well, I'll go get it. It's probably one of these guys. And I opened the front door, and there stood Fran Kersey. I didn't, I, I be, I, I didn't really know who it was. I didn't, I'd not met him, you know, myself or that I remembered and uh, <laughs> he knocked on the door and he said well you must be David I said yes sir I am and he said well I'm Fran Curse, the head coach at the University of Kentucky I said well I'll be I said well come on in coach so of all people Fran Curse had given her a rule book and you know she read the rules and we were ruly people Bible believing folks and honest and hard working and, and one of those rules in there said that your uh, coaches aren't supposed to time and test you couldn't time and test they have all these they have all these uh, you know combines and stuff like that today but they have all uh, all that stuff so um, lo and behold the uh, Mississippi State coaches wanted to time all three of us and uh, so I think I ran like two four nines and a four eight, you know, for him that day, and and bingo, um, 
And they said, okay, that's great. That's great. Well, then my mother and one night in questioning them said, how did, why did you time David? And they, they just looked at her and said, they were sitting in our living room. And so we didn't time your son. And I'm like, I, I just did this an hour ago. And you, you, you t- and I just, I didn't know what to say as a 18 year old. Really, I didn't, and I didn't question. But I did tell him later at school the next day. I said, I said, Coach, you, you lied to my mama. <laughs> you, and I just, I, I never forget saying that to him. You lied to my mama, and uh, that did that. I said, I can't. If you're gonna lie to my mama right now, you're gonna lie to me in the future. And I said, I just, I said, I want you to know, I can't come to your school now. I can't come. And uh, that's when. You know, uh, Governor Chandler was, you know, on the phone, and Daddy remembered Governor Chandler from when he was his days up here, and and that kind of thing, and um, it just started the ball rolling that way anyway. So it was it was just a. My understanding is from some folks that know you that uh, your favorite play in high school was. Uh, <laughs> Tackle eligible. Well, that's because I was so good at it. You know, you you like to run the plays that you're best at. Um, I, I always wanted to be a tight end. I thought I'd have made a good tight end myself, and Coach Limbaugh wanted to see me play defensive end. But um, I, I loved, and, and we all love to touch the ball. So I guess that's why I wound up playing center too, because it it never could start without somebody handing the ball to the quarterback. So I enjoyed that part of it. But uh, tackle eligible was a uh, a successful play for us. Um, we would run it, have a lot of fun doing it, and I'd love for for Coach Limbaugh to have called that at least once a series. Have been fine with me. <laughs> Not <laughs> it, once a game, but once a series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please call it once a quarter, Coach. But that was a lot of fun. I, I was I was y'all an athlete. Good, I y'all had a pretty good club your senior year. We did. We did. We weren't great, but we were a big turnaround from what we were three years earlier. Big turnaround. And Coach Limbaugh was a big part of that. And and one of your senior classmates that year uh, went on to Ole Miss. His name Brian, was Brian, Brian Moreland. Moreland. Uh-huh. That's right. And sort of things intertwined. Called, called him Mick. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Tommy Limbaugh went to Texas Tech. That's right. I guess with, was it Sloan at that time? All right, Steve Sloan. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to Ole Miss a couple of years later and was coaching your teammate and mm-hmm. coached against you, I think. Okay, exactly. They're in Oxford that day. Uh, Brian, actually, Brian and I actually went up against each other several times. Uh, I, of course, I know I'd, I watched film on him all week. I knew I knew he was having shoulder issues. Uh, he'd pop his shoulder out. That's when he had those uh, little harnesses on, and they'd just go over and pop your shoulder back in put the, and tighten the harness up a little bit. But uh, Brian and I got to go against each other uh, uh, quite a bit and it had a lot of fun. But um, the first play that we really went that I remember, I'd made my block, and we were getting up, and I felt somebody, you know, those old strings, stretchy pants back then, you know. I felt somebody grab my butt, and those pants stretched and popped like a – and I just remember turning around and whopping his hand. And what the heck's going on? And I turned and looked, and there was Mick. And he said, hey, Hope, how you doing? <laughs> and uh, we so we communicated a little bit. And then after the game, he came over, and we talked, and we're visiting. And he said, give me your jersey. Give me your jersey. I said, you – I said, why am I? He said, I just want, I can say I played against you and played, play, we played here. I said, just give me a jersey. It'll be a trophy for me tonight. So well, I'm not going, we'd beat him too. He said, you're not, you're not, I'm not going to give you my jersey. I said, well, I tell you what, I'll stick my neck out if you will. Give me yours and I'll, I'll give you mine. 
No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he said, I won't ever play here again now, if I give you eBay my eBay wasn't around then, no, was eBay it? Wasn't around. No, eBay wasn't around. <laughs> so that, I thought that was funny that he wanted my jersey, but he wouldn't give me his. So, And I was willing to do it. I Kalinowski was around at that point, and Buckshot Underwood, I don't know what I'd have had to have faced for my jersey not showing up. But You, you probably would have run a few laps. I probably would have run a few laps. I probably would have run a few laps. Now, There's some steps over at that new stadium. <laughs> several years later, you reconnect, sort of, when Tommy Limbaugh comes to Kentucky with Bill Curry. What mm-hmm. was that reunion like? What went through your mind when you found out he was coming to Kentucky? As well, a- I was I was really excited, um, probably more so than Tommy, Coach Limbaugh was, actually, in, in my eyes. But uh, Coach Limbaugh was all business here. I mean, he, he didn't let our friendship interfere with anything he was trying to do and trying to get accomplished. And, you know, uh, when we when we would talk, he was, he was just all business. I, I do remember he was trying to get the job done. and he was, I always had a good relationship mm-hmm. with him. I think he gave it. A lot of things just didn't click right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally think Bill Curry was a fish out of water here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he left Alabama. He came here for the wrong reasons by leaving Alabama, I thought, mm-hmm. with what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a shame that things didn't work out with him down there, but – and I don't know all the ins and outs of what was going on down there. I'm, I can remember making some phone calls on his behalf here, um, unbeknownst to him, because I really didn't know him mm-hmm. and didn't know that he'd be bringing Coach Lim with him, but he did. Um, but I, I thought he'd be a good job, good good guy for the job. But you could tell, I agree with you, uh, after two years specifically, that, you know, this, this just ain't It's a work. lot different recruiting kids to Georgia Tech and Alabama mm-hmm. than it is to oh, Kentucky. big time. Big time. That's and, exactly right. you know, I, I think that's something. I, he had been so successful with those two in recruiting because mm-hmm. a year, within two years of his departure at each place, mm-hmm. both schools won national championships. Exactly. So he got kids there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But as Steve Spurrier found out, his second go around the SEC, recruiting at South Carolina was nothing like recruiting at Florida. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I doubt right. that Bill I, really I understood that. I, I totally I totally agree with you there. It's a, it's a different step process when you come here. And I'm, I want to believe that Mark's, you know, doing it right with the recruiting process. Now, if he can get all these guys on board with their own personal pride, and, I'm, and I believe he's headed that direction, these, these guys, you got to take ownership, you know. And what, what can I do today to make this program better? Everybody's got to say that. What can I do today to make what this can, better? What can I do to help you and you? Exactly. Not just me. And then you might wind up beating me out. But mm-hmm. I want a national championship that bad. If I could re- re- recollect uh, Coach Cal's, uh, some of the things that he recruits, that was one, one of the things that I always was, if I, if I can remember the three-step process, um, you know, what was it? What was it that he always said? Um you know, do you, do you, number one, I think was, do you want to win a national championship? Number two is, are you willing to share the basketball? Are you willing to share it? And, and number three, do you think you really can do it by yourself? Well, you know, if you can answer all those questions and understand them. You got yes, yes, and no, or you didn't get them right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, and I think the, the ownership that these guys in football have got to have, they've got to understand that they've got to share the process. And, you know, I might recruit you to come here. 
you're better than I am. But my whole goal is to win that national championship, not just for me to play in the SEC. Because I do still believe that the national championship comes through the SEC. And if we can get there, hold your hat, baby. If we, if we can get to that SEC championship game the first week of December, man, that would be a big, big step. Let's go back to your leaving the comforts of home in Alabama and coming to Kentucky. You came here in the fall of 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirsch's first year was 73, had the great second game of the season against Alabama. Mm-hmm. They ended up going five and six that year, and they were in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. They come back in 74, go six and five. Mm-hmm. That's when I thought things were turning around. I actually thought, okay, they've made some progress. And then you got here in 75. and Wheels fell off. The wheels fell off yet. When I go back and look at it, they were so close in so many things. And mm-hmm. I'll just go through a thing here real quickly. Is uh, starting out the year, they were one, four, and one. Mm-hmm. But when you look back at it, they should have been five and one. They beat Virginia Tech 278. They lost at Kansas 14 to 10. Mm-hmm. They tied Maryland. They lost. 10 to 3 at Penn State, mm-hmm. 15 to 9 to Auburn, and we'll mm-hmm. come back to that right one. Right here at Commonwealth Stadium. And LSU 17 to 14. I mean, you're within a field goal or so of winning mm-hmm. any of those games, but we got a zero back, and you got to tell me what happened the weekend of Auburn when you had the big lead? <laughs> Fumble, pick. I remember Auburn played two quarterbacks back then. One was a running quarterback, one was a passing quarterback. And I remember Vince Bruner and I. Vince was a, a quarterback signee from Florida. Um, Vince and I were both dressed on the sideline that day. They wouldn't let freshmen play or, um, back then, so but, but they did let us dress. We were both dressed out over there that day. And uh, Auburn's running quarterback, had, you know, they just they just weren't having any luck. We had pretty good defense and even then. Um, and... Um, they just weren't having any luck. And I never will forget when they brought in Clyde Bumgarner. Clyde was their passing quarterback. I knew Clyde and um, had, had a little basic relationship with him. But I never will forget Vince and I both looked at each other and said, I hope Coach Kersey really remembers that they're going to be throwing the football now. <laughs> we go over to Coach Fran Kersey and said, Coach, they're going to start throwing the football. They got Clyde and, you know, Clyde and Bumgarner's coming in. And I never will forget him turning and looking at us like, do you not think I know who this guy is? Do you not? Th- I mean, he didn't say anything. He was polite, I guess, from that standpoint. But he gave us that look of, you guys are idiots. Do you think I'm one or something? And Clyde started throwing the football everywhere. And for some reason, but, we but, couldn't stop it. the killers, though, were the fumble and the interception and yeah. the detectives in the locker room after the game. Yeah. Now some of that's some of that I can't remember. I I can't remember all that. I mean, that I, was the weekend yeah. they came in and interviewed Sonny Collins and one of the guys the that was started, involved in yeah. a, a murder used Sonny as an alibi. It turned out Sonny totally wasn't false. with him. Yeah. It was totally false. But and that was the headlines. And there was accusations of did somebody try to shave points? Mm-hmm. And it and just see, all that like, st- all that stuff was before we started too. You know, some of this stuff started. What was in that? the summer four. Yeah. I, and and it was before some of those guys, some of the 74 class had even gotten there. I, th- this is where I feel like a lot of that stuff, you know, they held that over our heads 
and it shouldn't have been held over our heads. I mean, the, my team and my from 74, 75, 76, we, I didn't have anything to do with all that. And I, this is where I think the NCAA needs to make some kind of sanctions or adjustments or, because I really felt rooked, I guess, if you will, because we didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know all that stuff was going on. I really didn't. You know, the, the Kentucky's well, but, not going to tell you that by, when they're the recruiting. Same, yeah, but by the same token, you got to penalize the school. Well, and you okay, don't penalize the school. Penalize them a different way without penalizing the kids. Yeah, but without at the end of the, at penalize the, them financially or something. But but that don't penalize the coach or the athletic department. Well, such. Just, okay, come up with a come up with a way to you know, do it. But don't, I mean, don't penalize the kid because well, I really felt like as a, as a student athlete. But you can make that argument in any team sport. Mm-hmm. The thing would be. I think would say, okay, you can immediately transfer and play somewhere else. Absolutely, you know, immediately. Immediately. Now, now they have yeah. they have that rule now. Now, but it's only if you miss a postseason bowl, you can do it immediately. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to be a senior next year and you're mm-hmm. not allowed to play in a bowl, you can transfer. Right. But if you're a sophomore and it's a one year, you can't transfer without sitting out. That's not fair. No, it's not. But anyway, that year, uh, Sonny Collins was expected to have a break and he had a tremendous career, a tremendous year, but he's mm-hmm. told me many times since then he wished that he'd been a senior one year later. Yeah. Because had I he can been understand that. <laughs> he would have been on the seventy six team. That's right. And boy, you can imagine Hold your hat, baby. Yeah, would, because Rod Stewart sort of lit it up late as a freshman. Mm-hmm. But if you had Sonny Collins there too. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. So Let's go from 75 to 76 now. How that ended up, uh, I think they ended up winning. Nine and three. Two. They yep. were two, eight, eight and, and one. Mm-hmm. Two, eight and one that year. Mm-hmm. How does the team, you in particular as one of the players, I mean, you heard all this negative stuff, the season falling apart. Yeah. How do you get refocused to go into seven six? Because you know I can't, I can't, that you're being investigated. You know you're going yeah, to get the axe. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know if I knew we were going to get the axe. I, some of my teammates maybe would know a whole lot because me not being in that, I wasn't in a, any of those interviews. I, I had no idea. Had no idea that was coming down. And when it did, I was kind of like, "What happened today?" I, you know, I can remember thinking, "What what's going on?" I'd even have to ask some of my other teammates, "What what what." What's going on, you know? Now, as a player, as a simple little Southern gentleman from the state of Alabama, I only wanted to win a national championship. I, I wanted that to be a goal. I wanted that to be the thing. So when I when we went 2-8-1 and one my freshman year, I was so embarrassed. I was just torn apart to go home that Christmas and say we were 2-8-1. And, one, and uh, it, it, it was just a total embarrassment. Um, I, I I didn't even want to go home. To, to, I didn't even want to go home and see mom and daddy. Hardly. To, I, I just I was embarrassed. So you come back the next year. Uh, you get off to a pretty good start. You end up going seven and four mm-hmm. during the season. One of those four losses, a fourteen-seven loss to Mississippi State, is turnover. Mm-hmm. In uh, the public didn't know this, but late summer, early fall, they get the word from the NCAA that. You're going to be given a postseason ban, mm-hmm. and it would be effective at the end of the '76 season. However, you had like 90 days to appeal that penalty, and if you didn't appeal it, you would serve it postseason '76. You would be eligible for postseason '77. Mm-hmm. 
So UK and Kersey decided, Kersey and Dr. Singer decided, hey, let's wait to the last possible moment. If we see we're going to have a winning year mm-hmm. and we can get to a bowl, we will go ahead and appeal it and take a bird in hand versus two in the bush. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, you'd finish seven and four, and you got it, so they appealed it. It meant you were going to delay the penalty from 76 to 77. Mm-hmm. Um, when, they, when you found yeah. that out, did you like it or did you? Oh, you're, 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 you're educating me a little bit on some of that process, as a matter of fact. So, But um, did I like it when I found out? Did you no, like I, the, I, no I, none of us came to be on probation. No, so what we, I mean so we is, were just totally. Did you like the fact they were delaying the penalty one year where you could play yeah. in a bowl in 76 instead of 77? Um, I just wanted to play a bowl in both years. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do it in both years, you know. I wanted to play in the Sugar Bowl. You know, I wanted to play against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl um, um, more than anything. So I, I – I, that's that's all I would remember is that hey look I just I want I want to play and I don't want to be none of this was our fault anyway none of it none of it so I, I just wanted to play for a championship wanted to play Alabama for a big time game in the Sugar Bowl that's what we wanted to do um, in in the seventy six season you you open up you get off on the good foot Oregon State you beat yeah. Oregon State mm-hmm. which was the day that I actually launched the cat's paws mm-hmm. that yeah. was our first day I think sweet. I had Jim Kovach and his wife and a little baby on the cover sweet and uh but the next week you end up losing yeah. to Kansas go to Kansas out there I remember, remember the quarterback two. I remember those two games yeah yeah Nolan Cromwell Cromwell uh-huh you know his connection to Kentucky basketball a little bit, no. Go ahead. He's Ellen Calipari's first husband. Oh, is that right? Yes. Well, I did not rem- know that. Learned so something about I did. But go. anyway, they, they, they put a pretty good licking mm-hmm. on us. Uh, one thing I did, of course, I was a starting center both those games. And I, I, I remember against Oregon State, Ramsey and I, for some reason, fumbled the very first snap. Then we go out to Kansas and do it again. Um, the very first snap. And I'm like... Oh no! And of course, I come back, and Marilovich is like, "If you do this again, if you fun, everybody's going to be now." Te- tell us who Marilovich that, that, is. They're going to be teeing off on now, you. Tell us John who Marilovich. Marilovich. John Marilovich, uh, uh, Coach Marilovich, love him. Um, uh, if he walked in this room, no right, nonsense. If he walked in this room right now, I'd probably start shaking so bad I couldn't talk. Uh, <laughs> he was one. Of the, he was the discipline guy. He was the guy that you know everybody put the fear of. You know, he he did he did the discipline, and he he didn't mind telling you. I always felt like Coach Marilovich, when this was my opinion, when he left and went to North Carolina State on us um, for various and sundry reasons, that we lost some of that discipline. That we really lost some of that discipline because he. Were, were, were there players or coaches that contributed him leaving that just said it's either him or us the first time? Uh, probably, as the way I understand the story now. I didn't understand it then, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always I, had a lot of respect for him for that no nonsense approach. Absolutely, and uh, of course, I came from that kind of background. You, you know, you you were disciplined and you accepted it. I never forget we in, we were in the mat room one day walking through plays, and uh, we were running fifty one, fifty two, which is a play right up the middle. You step left from one, right for the other one, and I stepped the wrong way on one. Marilovich waddles over because both of his knees are are bad. He waddles over and kicks me right in the butt, right up, and I go flying into Jerry Blanton and pushes 
both up against the wall because the mat room and those little bitty, you know, AstroTurf rooms back then were barely bigger than this room, seemed like. But he kicked me in the butt, and I never forget, he just walked out of the room. And just kind of mumbling. And Jerry Blanton starts looking at me. He said, Hope well, hope well. He said, turn around here. Marilla, shoe up your butt. I know it is. <laughs> it was so funny. So after that loss to Kansas, you come back for the two most important games, perhaps, of the season. Mm-hmm. After the 75, the 76, you play West Virginia, who pretty good football team at that little, time. A little nose guard named Joe Jellick. Uh, I think yes. pretty, sure, pretty sure that um, he was a little bit smaller than I was, but uh, boy, tough as nails. That was a that was a game that we had to win and needed to win. Um, Beat them fourteen to ten. Fourteen ten there. They did a great job. Um, hot afternoon, if I remember right. But um, I just remember being so tired after that game because Joe Jellick had. I thought he had. You know, he must have had four elbows the way he was working on me. But he was he was really doing a job. And then perhaps one of the biggest games up to that date played in Commonwealth Stadium. That's right. You brought in Penn State 22 to 6. Mhm. Right. And that sort of smoothed the sailing out. Absolutely. When you when you beat them that soundly too. Uh, not only did our defense do its job as they always did our offense put some points on the board and and um, control the football and um, that that was an awesome feeling to meet Joe Pa and to and to say you shook his hand after you'd beat him. That was awesome. And then we beat them the next year, too, up yes. there. And in the storm. At, in the storm. The first half was unbelievably rainy. That's where I met my wife, too. I, it's the first time I'd ever seen my wife anyway. I thought she was from Pennsylvania, and I thought, man, I'll never see her again. But, <laughs> but I did. So, but um, and, and then you come back out the second half, bright sunshine. Clouds have gone, pushed away. It was just a, a fantastic game. And then the third year, had we beat him the third year, and you tell me, you, you're the historian here, um, that was going to be, if we'd have beat them the third year, that would have been the only team that ever beat Joe Pye three years in a row. Wow. And uh, I was like, man, we, and of course they, now, came, they came to Lexington the next year and kind of put a whipping on us. The good news and the bad news is you had to learn how to win mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. After that big win, you go to Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and the offense – Basically, didn't get the job done, Mm-mm. and defense played well, but mm-hmm. not enough. But again, you could almost see it coming. Mm-hmm. How do you get ready for Mississippi State on the road after you've beaten Penn State at home? Well, you you truly got to stay focused, and that's what we didn't do. Maybe a lot of times, I never forget when we pulled up to the. Uh, we go down there that day, and, we, and I always rode on the front seat with Coach Kersey. Um, he sat on the aisle. I sat on the other seat, on, on the inside seat. We pull up to the stadium in Jackson, Mississippi, and, uh, of course, there's two big buses, uh, three with the equipment stuff and everything, and uh, lo and behold, they, um, the, uh, the guy at the gate says, I need to see some credentials. <laughs> and and Coach Kersey overhears the guy tell the bus driver that, and he says, well, "This is the University of Kentucky football team. They're, they're we're, you know we just we're coming into visitors gate right here." He says, "Well, I need to see some credentials. Who uh, who are?" Coach Kersey had on a green blazer at the time, and when he jumped up, that green blazer the 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 pocket caught 
on the seat uh, and, and, and ripped, ripped ripped it. I was like, oh, my word. And then he started using some Italian words that I'm familiar with, but um, started really lambasting this guy. We spent 15 minutes at that gate trying to get in before we convinced this guy that we're the university. And you know that stuff's planned. You know that stuff's planned. Well, you know, the major thing with that day, too, and, Hope, uh, yeah. is there was a doubleheader there at that stadium that day. It was a day-night doubleheader. Mm. And Kentucky played Mississippi State in the first game, and Jackson State played Grambling in the nightcap. I did not know all that. All black schools. I and did not know the that. The SID at Mississippi State that way taught me, and I flew down commercial. Uh-huh. And he taught me in coming back to that game that night. And he said, I don't care if you watch the game or not. You're going to watch two bands, and that's all you want to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. And when, and we I had, have heard that. Yeah. We had about 20,000 empty seats for the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. There was not an empty seat in that stadium that night for Jackson State and Grand. Is that right? Best wow. concert I ever saw in my life. <laughs> and I mean, it was awesome. So I don't know if they thought you were Jackson State or Grambling or Kentucky. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, you you end up losing fourteen to seven, mm-hmm. and Dave Fredowski was going after a loose ball in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and Kersey was waving him on the sideline to pick it up and run, pick it up and run, and mm-hmm. he thought he meant to down it, and he pounced on it, and oh, that was pretty no. much in the game. But a couple years later, you got that because they used an ineligible player in the game. Mm-hmm. But you won that game, and let's go – let's just move right on down to the end of the season because the big enchilada was Knoxville, Tennessee – Mm-hmm. You only had about six or seven bowls in the whole shebang. That then. is correct. And the Peach Bowl was a big thing then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't New Year's Day, mm-hmm. but beyond the five New Year's Day, it was right there, mm-hmm. along with the Gator Bowl. What a thrill! And you know, New Year's Eve, um, never forget that night. Yeah. That was a tremendous. So you go to Knoxville. The Peach Bowl was already announced on Monday morning of the week of. They will be there to extend an invitation to win of the game. Both teams, Kentucky, Tennessee, were six and four. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get a sniff of a bowl if you didn't go seven and four. There were no mm-hmm. six and four, mm-hmm. six and five teams in bowls then. Yeah. So you go down there and you play for four quarters. You could have played 13. I think score still would have been <laughs> seven to nothing. A tip pass. Mm-hmm. Goes for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And everybody's putting from their end zone the rest of the game. Hmm. Uh, what what I remember about that game, I remember we ran a quarterback. We, we got down to the goal line two different times. And uh, I remember they called it. Tommy Dornbrook's on my right side. And Derek just looks as I'm coming up. He said, he said I'm coming right here, Hope, Tommy. Y'all make a spot for me. We and I, I still believe that your offensive line needs to get you. You know, you, you got to get two yards. Well, we were on the one yard line, and uh, I never forget on that first play when he called it. Said, "I'm coming over your right hip, Hope Tommy, right here." I said, "Okay, we got you." Um, we we pushed the ball over. I'm laying a yard in the end zone, and Derek's on my back, and the referee's brings his foot up and he says, "No, right here, right here." Puts it on the six inch line. Or I'm going to say one foot line. I'm like, how in the name of thunder? Of course, we're in the horseshoe end of the stadium Mm -hmm. at that point. Loud, baby. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just crazy loud. Uh, And I'm like, how in the world? There's no way. Nope, he was down right here. Ball hit right here. I'm saying, he's laying on top of me, Mr. Referee. I always call him Mr. Referee. He's laying on the the top of me. No, no, it was right here. We did it again. Same thing. We get 
almost, I thought we were three yards in the end zone. No, no he's down right here. I never get jumping up. It was Ed Smolder, um, left guard, said, and I, I just started arguing with, I said, you're stealing, I said, you're stealing this game from. Now, here, here this past week, even Steve Spurrier, I think, has made a comment that some referees back then, and maybe even today, show partial favorites to certain teams. I wondered if that was the case because I asked the guy, <laughs> this was 40 years ago, I asked the guy, I said, you're going to steal this game from us and, and, and give it to them? I said, you're stealing this. I said, you're just stealing this. And Ed grabs me and says, Hope, come on, let's get back here. We'll get it done. And then I think they just did a little dump pass or something after that, just a little play-action pass and dumped it over. So I remember Happy, Happy Chandler was on the sidelines that day. Mm-hmm. You know, And after the game, the Peach Bowl people came into the locker room, mm-hmm. extended y'all the invitation, and we were going around to the other locker room, and they came out with a press release. Johnny Majors had been fired mm-hmm. on the spot. Mm. Wow, wow! So you're you're educating me some more. I, I realize I remember when all that, but how? Well, quick, you weren't interested in the other coach no, being fired. We no, we were. You were going we, to. You we were, were going, going to a bowl game. Atlanta. We were going to Atlanta. Uh, that, was, that was so fun. Let, let's talk just a little bit about going to Atlanta. I mean, I remember I've still got a jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, peach preserves. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the title of it. It's black now. It's no longer <laughs> peach. That cursey went out and bought like ten cases of and autographed uh-huh. peach preserves for the peach bowl and sent it out. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I've ever been to a sporting event that was intense as that was. And, I mean, it was colder in Atlanta that day than mm-hmm. I think it's ever been cold in Lexington. And I, I hear people talk about that all the time. Of course, as a player I, and all the hype and the adrenaline and everything, I, I, I remember it being cold, but I don't remember it being as cold as people talked about. Even my wife talks about how cold it was down there that day. And but We were, at, we were I, in the press box, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they had no heat in there. Oh, my stars. They have air conditioning for baseball. <laughs> they had no heat. Oh, my goodness. You know, and there was literally icicles, like if you'd walked up from the field or something and you'd got into oh, some water. Me. I mean, you'd raise your foot up oh, so and it you, wouldn't leave. So you actually earned your money that day. I actually <laughs> earned it that day. Uh, that was the day you guys on offense did your job. Absolutely. Rod 21 Stewart, to nothing. Rod Stewart was the uh, uh, offensive MVP because he – Ran right up the middle between Tommy Dornbrook and me and Ed Smolder all day. So, and and there were some pictures from that that he he looked like a Tennessee walking horse, mm-hmm. just loping right up the middle. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, Rod's a good player. It'd been, it'd, Certainly it'd, hated to see him get hurt the next year. It had been almost twenty five years since Kentucky had been to a bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it looked like the future was bright. Absolutely. And it was. Absolutely. I mean, because the next year, then reality set in over mm-hmm. the over the summer. Yep, absolutely. Why didn't we yeah. take the probation this year? See, that's the, the some of those ins and outs I don't I yeah. We we but, weren't we weren't in on we weren't privy to those well, conversations. Well, obviously that was a decision made by single term. Exactly, person. exactly. And, and I'm not saying it was a bad one because the deal was who knew you were going to want to what we what we talked about as a team i never forget we met in that brand new biology building down there at the time brand new um and and we talked about that and how how will we overcome well we as a team still wanted to be ranked you know in the top 10 certainly 
But we wanted to be right there with the number one and number two boys. We that that was okay. This is how we do it. You know, I never forget leaving that biology building though, and and because it was on my heart and several other teammates' hearts, and I think I can speak for him too, Derek Ramsey. You know, I wanted to be ranked number one. I wanted to be and 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 the offensive line had gotten together, and when we had said we we feel like we can end the season at least be let's be ranked number one. Let's be ranked number one. And I never will forget Coach Kersey and some of those guys coming back and saying, ah, come on, boys, we need to be realistic, yada, yada. And maybe maybe we should have. But, but, well, you, but, but Oscar, that busted my bubble so bad. That, that busted my bubble so bad, I never forget going back to the dorm that night, calling, my, calling mom and daddy. Call, I was going to call mom and daddy and say, look, these folks don't want to win a national champion. They don't want to be ranked number one. I'm coming to the house. I'm on, I'm coming. Well, well, my, my, my brother answers the phone. Yeah. My brother answers the phone and says, uh, <laughs> you can't come back down here. Mom and daddy can't afford to feed you and, and send you somewhere. So I said, I got you. I got you. I think Derek did something similar with his mom and dad. And she said, no, just right. And, and then what were we get? What did we finish up the ranking? Number well, seven. N- uh, number, anyway. No, th- it's number six. But the thing was, is this: is you couldn't be ranked in the UPI coaches poll because they refused to rank anybody that was on mm. probation. Mm-hmm. But the AP poll did Could. vote you, and uh, you didn't start out. You started out in the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whereabouts, but. Mm-hmm. You you beat Carolina in a real tough low scoring game. In late. Won it won it late, and then you lost to Baylor and you dropped a bunch of notches. I, I do know that a number of sports writers at time were of the opinion that you didn't deserve to be ranked because you were on probation, mm-hmm. even though they were allowed to mm-hmm. vote you. And mm-hmm. I had two or three writers tell me, had you not been on probation, and you had been ten and one. They would have probably had you ranked third or fourth at the end of the season instead of sixth. Mm-hmm. And I think Alabama finished the season uh, undefeated. Mm-hmm. And, they did. We, I, I and always felt like we would have played them in the Sugar Bowl that year. Well, and that, that was the thing. The thing was, is they played one more SEC game than you all did. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how they counted it. But anyway, mm-hmm. the general feeling was if you had not been on probation and if everything ended the same, the Sugar Bowl would have taken Kentucky because, to play Alabama. Because on that 77 team, how many teams that we played were ranked? I mean, because when you look down the list, North Carolina, Baylor, we, that's where we went out to Waco and it was so hot that well, day. Well, Baylor wasn't ranked. Though. They, weren't, they no. weren't. But West Virginia, Penn State, uh, Virginia Tech, I don't think they were ranked either. But, you know, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU. Uh, well, now, I, I, Tennessee I, wasn't ranked because they had a new coach that year. Mm-hmm. But now Georgia and LSU were ranked. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's just go down mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, you, you, you come back from the uh, loss to Baylor, and mm-hmm. you lost Rod Stewart. And, and I, that, that was a little bit of a downer. I, I didn't think Kentucky played that way. And I remember on the way home. It was so well, hot. Well, this is going to be a long, long but season. Two, two things I remember about that Baylor game. It was the hottest I had ever I think I, I think literally I lost like 18 pounds that game, and uh, it was uh, unbelievably hot. And then to have Rod go down and and bust his leg up the way he did, um, that that was a that was a tough blow. 
But we had several players, including myself, went down against Mississippi State later that year, and that shows the depth that we had. Yeah, particularly some of, some of those other players stepped up and made made things happen. So. And it even got more so late in the season. But exactly, you, you came in there and you came back and you won a couple games, and then to me. The separation in Kentucky being an elite team that year came on back-to-back trips to LSU and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three. Uh, the LSU game, I could someone blocked a, a field goal try mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. this little five-seven kicker, mm-hmm. and I think Art still picked it up and running in for a touchdown. <laughs> and the kicker turned around and started chasing him, and looked like he was gaining on on Art. Then all of a sudden, he just stopped running. And after the game, he actually told some reporters that, you know, finally I gave up because if I'd caught him, I couldn't have tackled him. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like chasing a car, like a and, dog chasing and, a car. I mean, that was a buck kicking, but mm-hmm. the next weekend it was even more so. Mm-hmm. A young Prince Charles with that midfield mm-hmm. for the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting to the next to the great Furman Bisher, the writer for Atlanta Constitution. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at the time I'm – 32 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, Sonny, you haven't seen much football, have you? And I said, <laughs> no, not really. And he said, I've seen a lot. Georgia has never been beaten in a game like this. Uh, awesome. And that was at halftime. Wow. That's uh, awesome. But I, do you remember Do you remember any of the pregame hoopla with no, uh, not the really. Prince Charles? I, I, I remember uh, – they, he looked at Art or something and told him, he said, my, aren't you a tall one or something like that? Yeah, yeah. well, they they brought him out and introduced him, and they said, here's Prince Charles, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and here's Derek Ramsey, and here's Art Steele, and, and mm-hmm. the other people in there. And finally, Prince, Steele, Prince Charles turned and said, my, you're a big guy. <laughs> he said, if you're ever in London, look me up. And he turned to Prince Charles and said, well, I go down to London about once a month. I'll be happy to. <laughs> That's art. <laughs> That's art. And, and I mean to tell you, uh, but was that the was that the best back to back games of your career? Oh yeah, as a Kentucky team, or oh, yeah. was there something hey, else? Uh, no, I'd say some of those. That that whole year was a good year. You know, it really was. You you come to win. You were winning. Not only were you winning, you were winning solidly. Um, calling home was a whole lot of fun. You know, um, uh, and and that's what you come to do. You come to win. You lost some players at Vanderbilt. You lost a couple more, a couple of defensive mm-hmm. backs against mm-hmm. Florida. And but you still had players stepping up. But but it was getting to be a real struggle. Mm-hmm. But they stood up, and then of course we get to the Tennessee game, and I'm going to let you talk all about that one. <laughs> well, you know I, I I don't know how much I could say about it. I just know we beat them there in Lexington, and uh, just one of those happy memories. Now that that was when I was hurt too, so um, my memory of that was from the stands. So, but I was so I was so proud of my teammates from for picking the ball and 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 running with it. So, well, you know, there was something like three and a half minutes to go in the game, and offense was having a difficulty. And with Derek, you always felt confident, but he wasn't going to score in two minutes either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From and I think the ball was backed up to like the ten or eleven, 11 yard line, and Kersey went to the bench and put in Mike Deaton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Threw the ball to the midfield and they put Derek back in and. <laughs> pushed it down. I couldn't say I wouldn't have remembered that. I did, I can't. But Mike Mike Deaton was is a, is a dear good friend from down in Campbellsville yes. now, right now, and and always did a great job. I thought so. 
A lot of fun, though. And, that's again, that's why you come, is you want to win. Yeah. And you got players that can come in and fill the spots and, and, and get things and make it happen. Uh, you had confidence in what you were doing. Um, we all challenged each other. Um, it was just a lot of fun. A lot of good, a lot of good teammates. Let me ask you some things throughout your career here. Who's the best opposing player you ever competed against? I don't mean necessarily a nose guard, but a player on the other team, where it'd be a running back, quarterback, or who's the greatest player you? Oh, you know, I, see, I, I I do remember the players I played against, and and I remember Harvey Hull at Mississippi State. Harvey was a, a all preseason All American that year. Um, I, I remember him because. I think he had a bummed up ankle, and I remember Tommy Dornbrook saying, "Hope if you're having trouble, if you're ever ever having trouble with him, let me know." And I'd had just about my feel of trying to put up with him and deal with him through that first quarter, I believe. And I never forget saying, "I said, Tommy, I said, can you help me out on this one? We were trying to run that little fifty-one play where Stu goes up the middle or something." He said, "All right." He said, "Stand him up, Hope." I never said, "I never forget him looking at me." He said, "Stand him up, Hope." <laughs> and Tommy, of course, you can't do this now. You, you could can't go low now. You, you couldn't. You can't be engaged in a second person go low. Well, I was engaged, and then Tommy just cut his ankle and sprained his ankle pretty bad. Uh, thank goodness it didn't break, I guess, but but he did. Uh, and I, I remember Harvey Hall was a good one. Uh, again, the little kid uh, from uh, West Virginia, that Joe Jellick, was uh, was a good player. And the nose guard from uh, from Kansas, uh, Joe Belagna. I remember those two because they were both Joes. Um, they were good players. Um, the ones I went up against is what that's what you watched your film on. Now, those were the you ones. You didn't watch the quarterbacks. You, you didn't watch the other stuff. You watched who you were going against. I never. Who was it? What was this? This past year in the SEC, where they let some of, some of the commentators uh, get out on some of the fields during the spring game and and referee. And uh, who was Matt? Uh, one of the SEC commentators um, that was is still doing some stuff right now with the SEC Network. When they when they asked him about the game, well, what did you think about so and so playing? He said, you know, I was just watching what I was supposed to be watching. <laughs> I wasn't watching the game, so that's what we did. You just watched what you were doing. The best road environment, or the best uh, uh, the best road stadium that you played in. The two that I remember the most are Tennessee and Florida. Um, and which one? Not which one of those two, but which was the worst stadium you played in? The worst stadium I played in, um, the, the the fans were the roughest on us. Was at Florida. Um, I never forget uh, going down there that year. I forget which year it was, but we seemed like we beat them down there. And um, it was late in the game, and I'd taken my helmet off and had walked over to the side of the bench and was sitting on the bench and put my helmet right between my legs. And I remember some tops to the cups. You know, the tops to these little plastic cups. A couple of them landed in front of me and right by me. And I just thought, hmm, you know, this is a top to a cup. What's next? I don't know why I thought, <laughs> what's next? Well, I reached down and put my helmet on, and just as I anchored my helmet down on my head, a fifth bottle hit whop, you. whop, <laughs> a ice, an ice ball hit me right in the top of the head. And I just I didn't do anything because it just started hailing ice at the time, and I just stood up and walked up next to the sideline with the rest of the players. And Best team you played against? Mm, best team I played best against. Best team and game. Mm-mm-mm. Penn State, um, I like that game because we went up there and beat them. You know, it was a it was miserable the first half. Well, it was miserable the second half as far as playing goes in the mud. It was literally a mud pen. But uh, coming away with a victory, I'd say up there, that was awesome. Personally, 
Best game you ever played and why? Uh, personally, best game I ever played and why? Um, the Peach Bowl is a great memory because we were, you know, it was a, it was an it was a an award for a good season, and you were looking forward to the rest of your career. Um, I, I think sometimes after that, a, and after I got hurt, coming back was it was work. It, it started you started realizing, okay. This is work, you know. After being one of the, after you started kind of learning, getting some respect, and and uh, run some pretty good forty times at the uh, at the combines that they had there, and the, all those folks started looking at you because you had real good times and lifts and all that mess. But um, most exciting moment of your career, you know, I can't remember which game it was in Lexington my sophomore year. And I just remember the crowd being, we were, we were on, I'm going to say we were on the 10-yard line going in. And Kentucky fans, I think, were still learning how to cheer for football, not when to be quiet and when not to be quiet. And they weren't quiet while our offense was on the field. They were just going nuts. I mean, and I can remember Derek just saying, I'll, I'll tap you on the butt and we'll snap it because nobody's going to be able to hear us. I'm like, as as a football fan from Alabama, I didn't understand, but I can just remember thinking it is so loud down here; nobody can hear anything. And and that was in Lexington when our offense was on the field on the goal line or in the red zone going in. You know, you don't do that. You do that when the other teams don't. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, and now our fans know that, but it, back then they obviously didn't, and they were just excited that we were fixing to score. I, that I do remember that moment for some reason. Your biggest disappointment? Not being able to play in those other bowl games, not being able to be, you know, a national champion. Let me let me throw some names at you. Just just a couple three okay. words. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Fran Kersey. My old team. Okay. Okay. Coach Kersey. Um, he was the leader of our bunch. You know, for nine years he was here, but uh, he recruited all of us to be here. He put us together. He and Dan Leo put us all together. Buckshot Underwood. <laughs> You're a turd. Everybody's a turd. But you, you're just a turd. He didn't. He, it didn't matter if he's talking to Art Steele, Derek Ramsey, Jerry Blanton, you know Warren Bryant. You're a turd. Now I guess I should inform our listeners that Buckshot was the equipment manager. Exactly. And he groomed and anointed the freshman, the freshman. Uh, Tom Kalinowski, who followed him. Mm-hmm, so correct. I ask you about Tom. Tom, uh, of course, I remember when Tom took over that thing, I guess, and started started working it, and he just kind of was Buckshot's right-hand person. And uh, I, I started thinking that Tom started doing it even then before Buckshot surrendered the spot. Let's go to some players. Warren Bryan. Big Clyde. Um, never forget Clyde. Uh, Marilovic put in a, a tackle eligible one time, and we ran it at practice, and he hit Jeff Hess and knocked him out. i never forget that. Sonny Collins. One of the fastest players, smallest ankles I've ever seen. Rod Stewart, a great teammate. Uh, I loved his, uh, I loved his Trans Am. Art Steele, <laughs> Art, um, a man among boys. Dallas Owens, Dallas, just a, a great friend and teammate, and and kept everybody in, in in knowledge of what the Lexington area was all about. Henry Parks, one of the fastest guys to ever play at Kentucky. John Pierce. Um, longest field goal record holder for a long time. Just was a, a great guy. Joe Bryant. 
good punter, good kicker, just did it good for us. Felix Wilson. Um, uh, com- comedian receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Williams. Um, fly. A fast, good guy from Miami. Mike Martin. Mike, good Florida player who, who loves the university and loves our team and has a, has a big heart for everything still today. Mike Saganis. Um, Going to catch every punt and never call a fair catch. I always used to love to watch Mike. I would I would get back up in time to watch Mike catch punts because I wanted to see it. <laughs> Jim Kovach. Um, he helped me, believe it or not, earn my starting position um, on my center spot because we were going one-on-one drills, and Charlie Bailey couldn't believe that I beat Jim Kovach. Greg Nord. Greg Nord, great. Um, when, when he went down, actually – is when I got my shot at the center spot because we didn't have anybody. I was trying to play tackle at the time, and uh, Cliff Height was the one that moved me over there. So, But Greg wound up playing, doing a good job for us and still coaching today. Richard Jaffe. Uh, one of the strongest, best nose guards that anybody could ever have as a teammate. Kelly Kirchbaum. Snores more than any one human in the world. He was my first roommate, and literally I beat him in the head with a pillow one night to wake him up. Vince Bruner. Vince, uh, one of my other roommates, from after I left Kelly because he snored too long um, from Florida, Vince uh, wound up being a state senator down in Florida. Larry? Petkovic. Petkovic. Yeah, Popeye arms. Loved to do curls. He would go into the weight room, lift weights, and then he'd go back to his room and do curls. Beach boy muscles. I said, Larry, they're not going to do you any good out here. <laughs> Mark King. Uh, smart, smart guy. Everybody used to love, to love to copy some of his papers, and and Mark's now a priest up in northern Kentucky. Chris Hill. Uh, Dippity-doo um, from Montgomery, Alabama. He and I are both Alabama boys, so Chris and I used to ride back and forth to, to school together. Dave Fredrowski. The FUD, um, the caged animal. <laughs> Tom Dornbrook. Tommy Dornbrook, uh, Mad Dog. Um, what a great player. He, you talk about one of those guys that was a great teammate. Call on him anytime to help you with anything. He would do it. Kenny Northington. One of the fastest guys, but he was so fast. I mean, he was truly one of the fastest guys. But if you walked with him across campus, it might take two days. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Shutt. Um, Mike Shutt, a great player from uh, from Louisville, came in. Um, Mike had – sometimes he might stutter just a little bit, and uh, I'd, I'd get to call signals. So, Bob Winkle. Wink. Um, Wink did a good job. I think he played for the Jets a couple of years, but I never forget when Wink broke his ankle in front on, with a three-on-three drill, and we – that was terrible. Dan Leal. Great recruiter. Good guy. Put us all together and uh, still comes to some of our reunions and is around and with us. Um, just remember him doing a great job. He changed my name. My, my mama and daddy named me David. When I came to Kentucky, for some reason, he changed it to Dave. <laughs> and i never forget telling him one time, said, my mama named me David. And he said, well, Dave, we got you here now. We appreciate you, buddy. And so it was everything, everything was always printed was Dave Hopewell. John Marilovich. 
disciplined man. Um, love him to this day because he, you know, he, he expected you to work. I never forget one day uh, we we were hoping to have Labor Day off, and uh, he looked at us and said, "You labor on Labor Day." <laughs> Charlie Bailey, great defensive mind, great defensive coach. Um, Loved him while he was here. But one of the memories that I have of Coach Bailey was walking up in the stands even 15 years ago. And he was there early watching warm-ups. And as I walked up, he, he started looking at me, and I started looking at him eyeball to eyeball. Hadn't seen him in 15 years, I bet you. And he says, Dave Hopewell. How did he remember me? I was an offensive guy, too. <laughs> I just I don't know why. I just never forget that. I, I, Really respect that. He loved his players. Perry Moss. Um, <laughs> offensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> should I? There was his way and your way exactly, and everybody else's exactly. way. I never forget when he uh, on a spring game one time. I, I I think he'd been drinking that game or something. But on one of the last plays of the game, the game was over. He tells me to snap the ball and just take off. He said, "Don't give it to the court. Just take off running. Just run over Nick." Uh, uh, Rick Hayden, and I did. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you did or what you've done after you left the university in 78, 79, graduated. Mm-hmm. Where's life taking you these last mm-hmm. 40 years? Well, being an ag major, I always wanted to be an ag. So I was uh, wound up to going to Davies County in Owensboro as a 4-H agent. Um, realized I probably wasn't going to make My wife was, wasn't going to work. We wound up having a son about a year and a half later. And uh, my brother had gone into farm credit, which is ag-related lending in Alabama. And uh, so I hooked up with Alabama farm credit down there, worked for farm credit in Alabama and um, North Alabama and South Alabama for about five years, and then uh, wanted to start my own business. So we opened up an insurance agency in Harrodsburg, Kentucky, of all places, to get back closer to her mom and dad, who are still living just right over here on Southland Drive. Now, and so. part of that process, you and your wife had two sons. Had who two boys who followed in your shoes at UK. They did indeed. Uh, they they played. I think we're the one be one of the only families that have father and sons that both all three of us lettered three years. So uh, it's, it's quite pride on my end of the stick. Anyway, uh, we got to follow Dan and Andrew. Dan and Andrew. That's correct. Uh, Dan being the older one and Andrew being the younger one. Both of them did a great job on special teams. Um, I always tell kids if you can break in on special teams, you're going to get 20, 20 to 30 reps a game sometimes. And they, they did. And they, they really did a good job. When all is said and done, how would you like for your teammates and the fans who watch you play remember you as? <laughs> Um, you know um, that I was a good guy. I was a good guy. That's you know that he he did what he said he'd do, and you could trust him. And he, he was a good guy. Is this a special special time for you, knowing that forty years ago that you know, the university has had its greatest season? Oh yeah, the past oh, sixty yeah. years. Uh, again, I am. I can't tell you how proud I am of that. I can't tell you how proud, but but I can't tell you how disappointed I am too. Um, your high school buddies and stuff, when you do hear from them or, or see them, or you, you certainly, I, I probably see more of some of those high school folks now with the Facebook and the Twitter and all that mess, and they don't they don't necessarily remember those years. They don't remember that I was an SEC champion. 
They don't remember that I was on a team that went nine and three and ten and one and was a starting. They don't remember that. They just see what it what it is now. So I would tell these guys even today, what's what's going to be your legacy? What's going to be your legacy? Because they're making whatever they're going to be known for. Exactly, exactly. And and and, and then even thirty years from now. The team, that's why I wanted to build a program. I wanted to be a part of a building program that was going to get better and better and better. And that was just, you know, that's it. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you, Oscar. Look forward it's been, it's to, been awesome. Uh, seeing you tailgating as usual. Oh, well, yeah, At, I appreciate that. I guess if we have to say it, it's Kroger Field, but <laughs> yeah. it's always comfortable. Yeah, me and you both, brother. Let's, and then I guess we'll always start saying, let's go fill up the grocery store. Huh? There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Oscar. You. I appreciate you. Many thanks to Dave Hopewell for joining Oscar on Conversations. And just a side note on that game between Kentucky and Georgia in 1977, not only was Prince Charles there having a conversation about London with Art Still, but the godfather of soul, James Brown, performed at halftime during that game. It's out there, and I'll let you find it. But what I will help you find is more episodes of Conversations with Oscar Combs. Go to oscarcombs.com, click on the podcast page, and you will find more great episodes of Conversations with Oscar Combs. And also, too, you can automatically get Conversations with Oscar Combs downloaded to your mobile device. With iTunes, search for at Wildcat News and subscribe. And for Android users, go to the Google Play Store, search for at Wildcat News and subscribe. Now you're guaranteed exclusive interviews that you will not hear anywhere else. I'm Bo Robinson thanking you for listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs and his guest, Dave Hopewell. And as always, go Big Blue.